Hey guys, this is Lizzie. Welcome back to Brazilian. Hope everyone's had a good week. Um, today we're going to be teaching each other some idiomatic expressions in English and Portuguese. Yeah, so hey guys, this is Rafa. Welcome back to Brazilian. And yes, idioms are an important part of everyday English and Portuguese, right? And they, they do come up a lot, both in conversation and writing. And you know, because idioms don't always make sense literally, you do need to get yourself familiarized, right, with the meaning and the use of each individual idiom, you know, because it's kind of hard to remember them. Yes, and the literal meaning of idioms is usually a world apart from the figurative meaning that's intended. So being able to use them correctly does make your language skills much more advanced. Yes, and I must say here that I think that idioms are one of the hardest things when learning a foreign language, because as I have mentioned, like, you do need to study them to understand what they mean and how to use them appropriately, which is the most difficult thing. So understanding a broad range of idioms would definitely help you when communicating with the speakers of other language that you're learning, right? So because they do come up a lot. They certainly do. And they're also very much influenced by the culture too. So a lot of idioms, they will make absolutely no sense in your culture. So it's very important to actually study them and understand what they mean. Um, plus, they're the kind of expressions that you'll, be, you'll hear being used in conversation and think, oh my God, what the hell are they talking about? Because you want to take the meaning literally, but um, it's usually a million miles away from what's intended. Yes, definitely. This is true. Because sometimes, like, you know, in Portuguese, you say something and then you want to translate this into English and then it makes no sense to the other person. So we do need to find like one equivalent. So it actually translates what you're trying to say. Right. So not the same meaning, but like similar one. So that's why today we decide like to be teaching each other some commonly used animal idioms which are likely to hear either in Portuguese or in English, all right? Yes, and there are many, many animal idioms in English I have discovered since I've been doing my research this week. Um, but I'm just going to teach a handful that I think people actually use. Um, and these are the ones that I personally hear in my kind of day-to-day -day life, so at work or with friends or on the TV. Um, and when I was an English teacher, I must say that I did notice that a lot of textbooks taught idioms which were very outdated. I think the most famous animal one is it's raining cats and dogs, which I, I cannot believe that is still in textbooks because I've never heard another human <laughs> use that um, in real life. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the ones we teach today um, will be useful. Yeah, I remember you saying like half a... Nobody says that. Stop using it because I really wanted to use that all the time. Well, yeah. So just for you to know, guys, uh, raining cats and dogs in Portuguese, it would be está chovendo canivete, right? But actually, I have never heard anybody saying this in my entire life in Portuguese, to be honest. So please don't use this like as a translation because nobody says it. Probably you would say está caindo mundo, you know, like the, the world's falling down. So translating in English, it would be pouring down or it's bucking down. So it would be like the, the common ones being used now. Right, Lizzie? Or, or am I mistaken? Or it's pissing it down. Okay, so you have three ones here, right? So instead of saying like raining cats and dogs. Okie dokie. So yeah, what else? Ah, and also if you are an English teacher just like me, I think it's really important that we go to a corpus and then we try to chat if that idiom that you are trying to teach is actually of high or less frequency. You know, so you can tell your students uh, which ones actually are mostly used and which ones are not. 
So you can tell them, well, this is less frequent. This is a lot of frequency. So try to use this one. I think it's it's nice for the students to know. Um, yeah, that's really good advice, actually. Um, and as we said, idioms are very frequently used um, in both spoken and written English and Portuguese, I believe. Um, but I think it's worth noting that you will rarely hear the same one used again and again in the same time period. So when we learn a new expression, like a new idiom, we often have a tendency to want to use it as much as we can to kind of practice and show off our, our language skills. But this can sometimes come across as a little bit unnatural. So I think it's best to only throw it into conversation from time to time. And obviously, it's very useful to understand them because you will definitely hear them being used. But I would just say that you might hear them once and then you might not hear them again for some time. So, yeah, just it's good to understand them and to be able to use them. But I think don't overuse them to the point that it's like <laughs> <laughs> excessive. Yeah, because I remember when I learned some uh, idioms, I wanted like to use them all the time, you know. This is what you're saying, like, it's completely true. But I really wanted to show my vocabulary and say, like, wow, my English is so advanced. I can use, like, lots of idioms. And then I try, like, to use them in every sentence that I was saying. So thanks for saying that. Obviously, I don't do this anymore. But if you are studying English now, please get this advice. Okie dokie. So, yeah, so the same goes in Portuguese, right? What Lizzie just said. So we're going to take turns here to teach uh, animal idioms uh, in English and Portuguese. So let's get started. Let's go. Okay, so my first one is to let the cat out of the bag. Um, <clears throat> so this one means to reveal a secret. Um, and just thinking about a situation you could use it is uh, maybe you've told your mother that you're pregnant, but you're not quite ready for the news to be broadcast to everybody yet. Um, and then maybe your mum has a couple of glasses of wine and um, accidentally tells everybody the news. So you would say, oh, my God, my mum has let the cat out of the bag about my pregnancy. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> So the one that I would like to tell you here, Lizzie, it's called Amigo da Onça. So Onça is the animal here. So it's Jaguar in English. And before I tell you anything about what this means, so I just wanted to say that this is a very popular animal in Brazil. And it's even on the verge of becoming extinct. So uh, it is, for example, in our fifth uh, banknote, like the image of this animal. So because all the animals that we have in the banknotes of, of our currency, it's on the point of extinction. So it's a way of like reminding people that please stop hunting these animals. Interesting. I did not know that. And I've actually really? never noticed that on the banknote. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. But now you know it. Nice. It's been but a while, though. Amigo da onça, then. Uh, onça is an animal that is known as very uh, treacherous, right? So extremely dangerous. So you can't trust this animal. So if you say that you are a jaguar's friend, it means that I can't trust you. So, for example, ah, you sabe a Lizzie? Ela é amigo da onça. <laughs> I guess it's like a snake in English. We would say, oh, my God, she's such a snake. Like, oh, you really? can't trust her. Yeah. Didn't even think of this one. But, yeah, nice. similar. Oh, this has just made me think of something, though. Bar for Giancer, um, which is another <laughs> Which is another expression using answer, I believe. Um, and that means bad breath, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is. So you say, like, você tem bafo de onça, like you've got bad breath. Yeah, so we say, nossa, que bafo de onça do caralho. So we use, like, caralho. 
so many animal expressions in both our languages. Yeah. Um, okay, so my next one is using the animal dog. And the expression is to let sleeping dogs lie. And this is basically used um, meaning like that you shouldn't talk about things that happened in the past that might cause a problem if you mention them today. So I guess this idiom comes from the fact that when a dog's asleep, they're very peaceful. But if you wake the dog up, they might become very angry and, and bite you. So, um, for example, a situation might be that maybe you've got a new boyfriend, it's all going really well, um, you know, you really like him, you're really happy, and then you find out something about his past that maybe is not ideal, but you could say, I decided not to bring it up with my boyfriend, um, I decided to let sleeping dogs lie, because it's in the past and no good can come from talking about it now. So it kind of means like if you bring it up now, it's going to cause a massive drama, massive argument. So just let sleeping dogs lie. Just leave it. Okay. So this one is very useful for me, actually. I have lots <laughs> of things to hide. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I do like don't you want do. to talk about things. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah I do. You've got a, sh a shady past, we say. <laughs> I wouldn't say shady. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Another one that I would like to tell you here, it's also with the word onça, right? So, jaguar. Uh, so, cutucar a onça com vara curta. Roughly translating here, it would be like to annoy someone with a short stick, right? So, in, in English. Uh, so, tr also translating here, rub off the jaguar with a short stick. So, because, you know, you cannot trust that animal. So, be careful, right? You are dealing with a very dangerous uh, situations here, or even the person can be, like, very dangerous. So, if you do this, something unexpected might happen if you continue, like, you know, with that situation. So, você tá cutucando a onça com vara curta, hein? So, something will happen. Interesting. I've never heard that one before. You guys love using answer in your expressions. We have many more, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Um, the next one that I thought of is to watch someone like a hawk. And a mm. hawk is a type of bird. It's a bird of prey. So similar to like an eagle, I guess. I'm not Never a bird heard. expert, but <laughs> I'm guessing it's a similar sort of bird. Um, and... Yeah, so this type of type of bird hunts small animals for food. So and because of that, this this type of bird, this hawk, it needs to have very good vision, very good eyesight, so that it can watch very carefully to find those animals. So we use to watch someone like a hawk means when somebody watches you extremely carefully. So for example, if you're at work and you're desperate to check your phone, to check your WhatsApp, but your boss is watching you very carefully, you could say, um, my boss watches me like a hawk, like never takes his eyes off me. Wow. I never heard this one before. Really interesting. Yeah, well, it comes up how quite do a lot, I say actually. that word again that you just said? Hawk. Yeah, hawk. Oh, nice. Okay. So the, the other one that I would like to say here is not with onça, right? It's with another animal, very common here in Brazil, which is galo, rooster, right? And the expression that we use is cantar de galo. Cantar is to sing. So cantar de galo, you know, we use this when the person uh, who makes all decisions in the group. But we have a very negative connotation here because if I say this to someone, I would usually say não vem cantar de galo aqui, right? So like, don't try to say what other people should say here. So não canta de galo aqui não. So does it actually mean to rule the roost? Is it the same meaning? I think so because I don't know if you have the same meaning like uh, because we associate the 
the rooster with a very strong self-respect animal. So he wanted to say that there is no place here for you to be superior. Okay, I see what you mean. Mm, nice. That's a new one. Yeah. Um, you know, when, for example, you are in your job and then you are new, right? And then you want to add some suggestions. You want to tell people what to do. So people would say like, come on, you're new here. Não vem cantar de galo. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> okay, nice. So the next one I wanted to teach is about worms. So hmm. to open a can of worms. So this phrase is often used when we're trying to like solve a problem or answer a question. But if you start trying to solve the problem or answer the question, it will just create more problems and more questions. So this is something that I often hear at work, to be honest. So for example, if you were in a work meeting, you could say, oh, we were going to talk about changing the company policy on annual leave. But I feel like we'll be opening a can of worms at this point in time. Uh, yeah, so this is really interesting interesting. And in Portuguese, this would be like vespeiro uh, for us, right? So, tá abrindo um vespeiro. We don't use the word can, but we use abrir as well. Ah, uh, really? But it's the same meaning? Yeah, it's the same meaning, but a different animal. Ah, nice. Okie doke. This one here, I really want to teach you. Uh, it's engolir sapo. So, sapo is frog. And when I say engolir, so it's swallow uh, in your language. So, when I say like engolir sapo is when you have to put up with a lot of disagreements, when you have like to listen to a lot of atrocities, bad words, right? To be quiet, so don't say anything back. So it's just like basically engolindo sapo. Engolindo sapo. Yeah. I think in English we would, but you can say to suck it up, include that bit because it's true. All right. What What's the other one that we I can teach you? Uh, we can also say, you can use the word snake because you said like snake's related to something negative and also here in Brazil as well. So we would say, Deus não dá asa para cobra. So translating, like roughly speaking, it would be, God does not give wings to the snake. So it means that God does not give power to people who do not deserve it. Love it. That is such an interesting one. Never heard it. Yeah, I use this all the time because I wish I had like so many things, but you know, Deus não dá asa para as cobras, né? And there's too many snakes in your life, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. So let's go for um, the last one. Okay, my next one I'm going to teach is it's the dog's bollocks. And if you listen to our previous episode about swear words, um, you might recognize the word bollocks because it means testicles. And um, when we use it, it means that we think something is amazing. So you can say like that restaurant is the dog's bollocks. Like it's amazing. It's really good. Um, so that is one use. But we also use it to talk about arrogance as well. So you can say like that guy thinks he's the dog's bollocks. Like means he thinks he's amazing. He thinks he's God's gift. Um, so yeah, that's uh, probably one that you will hear a lot in the UK. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but this is an awful one. Like saying <laughs> that something is like bollocks is good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Comes up a lot though. I don't think that I would ever use it. Wow, this is dog's bollocks. No, not using it. Yeah, I prefer to use this in the negative way, like you're talking bollocks. Uh, another one that I would like to tell you is lágrimas de crocodilo. So crocodile is the animal here. So lágrimas is the same as tears. And we use this to tell that when you cry, but you are actually not sad or sorry, right? You're just pretending, right? So you can say, for example, stop like with your crocodile tears. Uh, interesting. It's exactly the same in English. Oh, really? I thought it would like be something so new. No, crocodile tears. It's the same. Good to know, though. I will be using that one for sure. 
All right, yeah, I'm very excited. Sell me another one. <laughs> okay, so the next one, and I have to say, I hear this a lot in my office, is um, using the animal duck. And we say to get your ducks in a row. So obviously when, you know, when you see a duck with little baby ducks, ducklings, they always walk behind uh, their mother in a straight line in a row. Mm -hmm. So if someone tells you to get your ducks in a row, it means to, you know, straighten up, get organized. And and it usually refers to a project or a task. So, for example, your boss might say to you, um, before you get started on that new project, you need to get your ducks in a row. There are so many pieces of work that you haven't finished yet. Um, but to be honest, the, the main time that I hear people using it is more to talk about themselves. So they'll be like, I really need to get my ducks in a row today. I need to catch up on emails. I need to... Um, you know, tidy up a few projects and then I can move on to my next thing. Oh, this is actually really interesting because I was thinking about like something completely different when you said this one. I said like, well, probably this is related like to following somebody, like doing what people are doing. So yeah, so this is totally different from what I thought it would be. Interesting. Yeah, that's it's always the way with idioms, isn't it? Yeah, nice. So the last one here that I have for you, it's related to cockroach and... It's not disgusting, by the way. Uh, we would say here, não tenho sangue de barata. So basically translating, it would be, my blood is not of a cockroach uh, one, right? Basically here, you are saying that you are not a patient person who will put up with no sense very calmly. You would definitely say something back when the person like tries to hit you. So, for example, if you wanted to say, I had to take it up uh, laying down. So, yes, probably you would say something, Nossa, eu não vou ficar calmo aqui não. Eu não tenho sangue de barata, so I'm not going to stay here. I like it. I wish we had it in English. Maybe um, you can start okay. using it so you can introduce a new one in your, in your language. <laughs> Maybe I can. Maybe I will. Why not? Okay. My next one is using the animal a beaver. Do you know what a beaver is? Does it exist in Brazil? Uh, it's vaguely familiar. Can you please tell me? <laughs> so um, a beaver is a type of furry rodent with a flat tail. And they basically build dams, you know, like mm. dams on the water. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I know. Um, so the expression an eager beaver means a keen and enthusiastic person who uh -huh. works very hard. So you could say if you get a new employee in your company, you can say like, oh, he's such an eager beaver. Like he just wants to get started and work on everything and always volunteering himself to do extra work. But there is another meaning for eager beaver because beaver is actually slang for female genitalia. Hmm. So, as you can imagine, there is also another meaning for eager beaver, which I don't think oh I need to goodness. explain it. But <laughs> I thought that eager beaver was related like to food, because at the time that you were living here in Brazil, uh, there was like a co-worker, and then you was to say like, oh, he's such an eager beaver. And then because of this person like eats a lot, I thought it was like related like to eating a lot. Oh my goodness. Not, I had like this meaning wrong like my whole life. But not to eating a lot, but it just means that the person doesn't hold back. They just like go for it. Like probably was appropriate in that context because he was like first person to the buffet table, like eating lots of food. So it's like he's very he needs to calm down, like he's an eager beaver, like let some other people eat first. <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense now. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Not well done, but yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so which is your favorite animal idiom in English? Which one are you going to use? Uh, I really like to open a can of worms. And also, 
Uh, I think like uh, to watch someone like a hawk. Nice. And yeah, how about you? you? I think my favorite is um, Kantaji Galu um, because I could use this in a, a lot of work situations, I think. Yeah. Even when you're having and, a fight with your boyfriend, so you can say, Nice, I'll be throwing that into conversation <laughs> this evening. Can't wait. <laughs> and I also love your favorite, Asa Cobra, um, just because I feel like I could also use this in many situations for all the snakes in my life. <laughs> you can certainly use it all the time. I use them all the time, actually. This one is the one that I use every day because I wish like I had so many things in my life, but God, you know, he didn't want me to have it. Never the way. Anyway, well, I think that's all we've got time for. Yes, I think so. That was a very interesting one. I super I loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we are now like <laughs> talking together now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. And don't forget to subscribe and download our episode and make some comments on our Instagram. All right. So bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>